Thanks for joining us for season four of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for the kind introduction, Jimmy, and to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, got a great show today, but before we get started, I want to just do a shameless plug for something that we launched uh, a a little while ago. It's called, Jimmy, The Branded Marketplace, thebrandedmarketplace.com. If you haven't been there, Jimmy, I I encourage you to visit this fantastic e-commerce platform We are connecting operators in the hospitality space with the latest and greatest, the most incredible technology and innovation within the hospitality space. So we are matchmaking. Jimmy, what we are doing is we are connecting. We are putting people together, restaurant, hotel operators, with the technology they need. That is the brandedmarketplace.com, Jimmy. Why are we doing this, Jimmy? Uh, Love of the sport, love of the game. Yes, that's exactly you know why, Jimmy, because it's free. It's free for operators. It's free for tech. It's free for everybody. So we are doing it clearly just for the love. Uh, if you're not on the marketplace, you'd like to be on the marketplace, uh, you can email us at marketplace at brandonstrategic.com and you can get on the marketplace. If you're an operator listening, jump in there, check it out, play around, find solutions that are going to help you solve every problem you've ever encountered in the restaurant, hotel, food and beverage space. Jimmy, back to you. Yeah, you know, Shats, I got to tell you that I appreciate you mentioned the shameless plug. And I, I almost wanted to dub in Fiddler on the Roof. I felt this uh, joy of bringing people if together. If I was a rich man, should I go into if I was a rich man right now? Well, I, I was just thinking, well, you're not. So uh, just think about how, how you're, ma- you're matchmaking. You may do a lot of matchmaking. Anyway. Oh, you want to do matchmaker matchmaking? Yeah, I, I, right. I completely lost you on that one. I think, I think everyone knows the shameless plug was sponsored by Tito's Bail Bonds. All right, there you go. All right, let's jump into uh, so those our Chico's. podcast. Oh, shoot. Chico's Bail Bonds. Right. I was drinking Tito's this morning and I forgot. It's uh, it's Chico's Bail Bonds. All right. Listen, we are very excited for our guest today. Fantastic show. We have Mr. Tom Pickett, the chief revenue officer of DoorDash. Uh, very excited to chat with Tom. A ton going on at DoorDash. Tom, as I always like to do, we'd love you to kick us off, take the lead and give us a little background on yourself and, of course, DoorDash. Sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great to be here and I love love what you guys are doing. Uh, I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at, at DoorDash. Let me, let me explain a little bit about what that means. Uh, my primary responsibility is, is building out our restaurant partnerships from uh, big chains all the way down to the, to the mom and pops and trying to help them be successful. So that includes you know, our sales teams that are out there bringing new restaurants onto the platform, our post-sales teams who are looking to drive joint business plans uh, with our restaurant partners to improve profitability, and it includes our operations teams who work uh, relentlessly to try to eliminate defects from the delivery process. And that means, you know, how do we reduce cancellations, ensure that store hours are accurate? Uh, how do we troubleshoot missing items? And so for the last year and a half, you know, we really have been working very closely with merchants to help them navigate the challenges of the pandemic. And, you know, I'm pretty proud of our, our team in this process. Uh, we, we have a stat that we like to share, which is that Restaurants uh, who have been on DoorDash are eight times more likely to still be around today uh, than those who have not been on been on DoorDash. Um, good stat. That's a good stat. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good Jimmy, one. Jimmy, take that one. 
I'm taking that one. Maybe I'll give attribution, but that, I'm using that one. So, so let me just uh, just for those of you, uh, I'll give you a little background on DoorDash, a little bit of the founding founding story. But DoorDash is uh, eight years old. Uh, we're we're the leading third party app in the United States for ordering food from your favorite restaurants and getting it delivered within minutes. Uh, it was founded, you know, eight years ago by three Stanford students. Uh, Tony Hsu, Andy Fang, and, and Stanley Tang, who are all still with the company. And they were looking for a way to help local businesses. You know, they're three guys, one and two, you know, create a new business. And so they started walking up and down University Ave and talking to restaurant partners or restaurants at the time and saying, you know, what challenges do you have? And the thing that they stumbled upon was that, that different restaurants or bakeries were like leaving orders uh, on the table because people would call up and they would say, you know, I, I, I'd love to order this, but can you deliver it? And, and most restaurants couldn't couldn't offer delivery because it didn't make sense to staff uh, an extra person. Uh, the orders were lumpy. Uh, and, and so that became the kernel of the idea, which was, you know, can we as a third, can, can we build a, a network of drivers and, and build a platform to work across restaurants uh, and, 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 and use this mobile technology to bring drivers just in time to the, to the problem. So they took that, incorporated it as Palo Alto Delivery, and uh, you know, short, changed their name uh, to DoorDash down the road, which is a, a much better name. I like Palo Alto uh, Delivery. I can't believe they changed that. <laughs> it's, such a a little little narrow. it's a little, a little narrow. narrow. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit narrow. But today, so a flash forward eight years later, uh, we have over 20 million uh, customers on the platform, over 450,000 restaurants, and bringing this all together is over a million dashers that are doing the delivery uh, on a monthly basis. And we've also expanded from the U.S. We operate in Canada, Australia, and we just recently launched a couple months ago in Japan. So we are we are still you know pushing pushing outward. Unbelievable. Hey, what did you do the last eight what? years? What did you do? <laughs> I, 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 what did you accomplish the last eight years? I, think I, I know I drank a ton of Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> Probably some gold, too. Hey, thanks for all that, Tom. But you know what? Listen, that's incredible. And I think we have so much to get into, into DoorDash because there's a lot going on. You mentioned some really cool stats already. And Jimmy loves the stats. And we're going we're gonna to get into that a lot more. But before we dive into all that, we like to get to know who is Tom Pickett? Who was our guest? What makes him tick? How did he get here? We did a little due diligence on you. You were a fighter pilot in the Navy. F-18s, F-A-18s. Is that like a Hornet or something? I don't know, but I've always wanted to fly a plane. I know, Jimbo, we've got a couple of buddies who fly some Harrier jets and stuff, right? That is true. That's super cool. So how did you go? From flying fighter planes in the Navy, I don't know if you're flying or not, but I'm going to say you were flying because that sounds a lot cooler. Uh, you were flying planes, then you're at Google, and now you're at DoorDash. Tell us how you got there. How did it all come about? Can you give us a little background on that? And, and focus on the F-18 because that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, the F-18 part. So uh, I, I, I studied uh, electrical engineering in college, but I went, uh, I went on an ROTC scholarship to, to college. And um, my childhood dream was to become a fire, fighter pilot. So I was, I was fortunate in that I was actually able to fulfill that dream, went right to flight school uh, coming out of uh, undergrad uh, and uh, ended up flying F-18s off of uh, aircraft carriers in the, for the U.S. Did you military. land them? Did you got to um, land them on the, on, the, on the aircraft carrier? Oh, yeah. That yeah. is the coolest thing ever. I heard that's like really hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> the F-18 is a single seat fighter, so it's just you uh, out oh there, and uh, you know you got to got to make it all happen. Um, That's incredible. I, I was fortunate to, yeah, I went through Top Gun training, and so I, anyway, I, I had a blast during that time. You know, incredible experience. And then you know, I was like, what am I going to do after the military? So. I, I wasn't sure, so I, I went back to I went to business school. So I was sort of like I don't know. Um, so I, I was fortunate to get into Harvard Business School, um, and then did some strategy consulting for a couple of years. But really, what happened, you know, the That's incredible boost in my career was probably going to Google for ten years. Uh, I joined the company in two thousand and four when it was about eighteen hundred people, and I left, you know, ten years later when it was sixty thousand plus people. Um, and I, I spent most of my time at YouTube as part of the executive team there. And, you know, that was an incredible journey. And, you know, my role there was really working with content partners and these individual creators who were making content and finding this you know, new opportunity to distribute through the, you know, to the world through YouTube. Uh, and so a lot of partnership background, you know, working on, you know, from big media companies down to, to small and I think that's that's some of the parallels to like what I do at DoorDash, which is, you know, working with, you know, big chains from from McDonald's and Chipotle, you know, on down to, you know, your local mom and pop that just or actually, you know, a food truck could even be a food truck that uh, that we work with on DoorDash. I uh, this is it is a wow factor. And I yeah, Jimmy, you're blown away. I know you're blown away, Jimmy. You know, I, I got to tell you, the. Uh, uh, I was going to ask, but he already mentioned it. I was going to have a favorite movie growing up, and I was going to stipulate or, or speculate that Top Gun, <laughs> Top Gun, may have played a role in in in, in a youthful moment. Is uh, every fighter fly, every flyer, every uh, Navy pilot I know uh, put that on the list of top X number of movies uh, for them? So I was isn't there another that, Top Gun coming out now? Isn't there? Isn't there another Top Gun? Definitely on the top list there. Uh, there is. Top Gun 2 is coming out. Uh, it's coming soon to a theater near you. Shats, we'll get to the theater for that Tom one. Cruise too old to be, fi- to, to be fighting and uh, to be in fighter jets now, isn't he? He's like 60. He's, he's the instructor now, Shatsy. But okay, away from the movies. Uh, we want to congratulate you on all your success. Um, and, and speaking of, you know, kind of an incredible journey, I'm sure when you joined DoorDash in March of 2020, uh, you didn't uh, anticipate that your first year would be the beginning and literally the height of, of the pandemic and, and, and the hospitality industry, the restaurant industry, just taking it on the chin. Uh, one thing for sure is the pandemic. It was a good time to join, by the way. <laughs> right? Good not, timing. Not boring. I'll tell you that. No boring. But, you know, the pandemic has accelerated um, a lot of the technology that's going on in our industry and probably nothing more so than the delivery market um, for both the consumers um, and, of course, uh, for the brands and the companies themselves. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what strategies have, uh, you know, uh, I guess, struck, struck you or maybe stuck out uh, to you as the most successful or most impactful during this time? And, and as a follow-up question, since I'm hogging the mic right now, what advice can you give to restaurants to succeed, uh, both with your platform, of course, DoorDash, um, as well as delivery plays you know, for their business in general? Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's a bunch in there, but certainly I did not anticipate the first year. <laughs> uh, I, actually, I actually interviewed uh, before the shutdowns and I, and, and I accepted my offer and then, and then the office shut down. And, uh, you know, we were thought it was originally going to be for a few weeks. We'd shut the office down. And, you know, here we are a year and a half later. Yeah, it was April 15th, I think, we were opening back up again, if I remember. <laughs> it was four weeks we were shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> you know, we'll just take a month to cool off. Um, but but anyway, you know, it, it's it's been a uh, you know incredible journey over the over the last uh, year year and a half for, for sure. Um, you know, we were in the thick of it. Uh, you know, as the restaurants were facing you know incredibly tough choices around staffing, store hours, menu pricing. Uh, we had to flex our systems. You know, we had a, a tremendous number of restaurants trying to sign up for, sign up on the platform. Uh, we had to make it easier to update hours and and th- th- you know, make sure we could get dashers in and out safely and packaging. And so there were just so many different variables that were going on. Um, but what you know, we've certainly stabilized for that, and I'm really thrilled. You know that people are back going back into the restaurants. Um, but you know what we've definitely seen is a is a big acceleration in, in delivery. And you know it's 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 definitely not a COVID phenomenon. Uh, what we what we saw is like we had a growth curve, and then a step change, and and we're seeing you know continued growth, and really it's like an acceleration. We just some, somehow jumped a, f- a few years into the future in terms of what probably would have been the natural adoption curve. Um, but in terms of what you know what 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 uh, advice or you know what we're seeing is you know because delivery has become a more prominent part of the business. We find that those that are, you know, the most successful are treating it like a new line of business. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're experimenting. They recognize it's a different platform. And, you know, there's a lot of data that you can get from platforms as well. You know, what are people, when are people using it? What are they buying? Um, you know, so there's a tremendous amount to learn uh, if you're willing to experiment. Um, we've seen people try different products like meal kits, um, you know, different day parts might open up uh, on delivery relative to your restaurant. Um, the other thing uh, that I would highlight is, you know, really, the, really thinking about the in-store experience, like the, the the operations experience of getting delivery in and out of your restaurant. Um, some restaurants have cre- created separate make lines in terms of the kitchen. You know, if you have enough volume, like how do you just really work that delivery side as a business? Uh, we've seen others really focus on that Dasher experience as well. Uh, some people might not realize, but Dashers have a choice. You know, they they choose to accept deliveries. You know, when we send them offers to go deliver something, and they love to go to the restaurants that uh, that are efficient, that get them in and out of there uh, really really quickly. It it helps them uh, you know make more money, become you know more deliveries in a given hour. And we've even seen some some restaurants like you know, create like a loyalty program for dashers, uh, like punch card, you know, your fifth punch card will, will give you something. But I think it just, it reflects that like, this is an end to end system and you really need to think about, you know, that end to end experience. And the last thing I would just highlight is that, uh, you know, thinking about first party and third party is, is important going forward. We, 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 we believe broadly in, in the e-commerce opportunity for restaurants. And so that means, you know, make sure that you're doing it on your own channel uh, and also embracing, you know, third-party platforms. Hey, thanks for that, Tom. That's a great segue into uh, my next thought. And as owners and operators, um, you know, I'm always being asked, we're always being asked about the uh, our opinion on the, the, um, the great delivery debate. And here in New York where, um, you know, we've been using Seamless Web, which uh, for 20 years, you know, now it's Grubhub. And that was really a dominant force in the New York market. Um, and, and we're huge, huge fans of third-party delivery apps. We've been using all of them for, for years. Um, and we believe that, you know, to, to, to be successful, 
uh, the strategy is is not all like you just said. It's not just having your own white label solution, and then maybe it's not all marketplace. It's an it's a it's a nice healthy mix and finding out what's what's right for you. Um, and, and DoorDash has always been uh, a champion of of and recognizing that look, without the restaurants, there is no business for DoorDash. So DoorDash has always been uh, a champion and and a good partner on the restaurant side. Um, you guys re- recently launched a uh, a new pricing model, which uh, was really interesting and uh, for operators, uh, gives you a lot more choice, a lot more flexibility, a lot of transparency. Um, can you give us a little bit of uh, of color on that new pricing model and how it works? Because it's a few tiers and everything, and and shed some light on that for us. Are we breaking news here, Shad? Are we breaking news? No. I don't think so. You know what? No, I, I don't think we are. Really I think this, this broke a while ago, but I think Tom's going to really lay it out for us so we can understand it. He's clarifying news. He's going to clarify. Right. I like it. <laughs> I think the big news here is the Palo Alto delivery. I think that's the big news, the old name. Yeah, Palo Alto delivery. Let, let's, let's start with your with your first point because uh, on, on your own delivery channel because I, I think that's exactly right. Like being online is incredibly important for for, for restaurants. And one of the first things we did during COVID was we recognized that restaurants, most small restaurants didn't have any online ordering capability on their own. And so we, we actually launched a new product called Storefront, which basically took our online ordering capability and we made it available for restaurants to put on their own website under their own brand uh, to really become their own online ordering platform. Uh, and we've made that available for free outside of uh, credit card processing uh, fees. So, so we believe in it, and we want to make that super efficient for uh, for for restaurants. Uh, and in the end, what what you said is exactly right. We don't we don't think it's an either or. You, you hear a lot of things out there in the market or people positioning against DoorDash, and it's like, you know, this versus that. Uh, we fundamentally believe it's you know in store operations plus first party channel plus you know your third party marketplaces. If you're not doing all three, you're probably you're probably missing the boat. Agreed. Um, and so, to to that front, you know, we 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 launched a, a new partnership plans in in April, uh, where we tried to come up with three different packages that uh, would give much more choice to to restaurant partners. You know, whether you're focused on uh, efficiency economically in terms of like I'm just not willing to pay that much uh, to to enable this. Uh, and so we started with a 15% option, which is a really efficient option to be able to enable, you know, delivery to your customers. Uh, and then we have a couple of other options that uh, that give you broader access, broader uh, range. Uh, if you're really interested in growing your base and accessing more consumers, then, you know, you have the option to, to throttle up. Um, and, you know, in the end, it's really about choice and flexibility where where I think folks felt like, uh, you know, they were sort of just jammed historically with with one option. I think that's great, Tom, and, and thank you. Um, I, well, I think you covered it. Is you know, what do these changes mean for DoorDash? Um, and 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 maybe you know, what what brought the adjustments? Um, or or, or uh, what do these adjustments do for the uh, the DoorDash business model? Sure, uh, I can hit on that. Um, you know, we we we've always believed that a one size <clears throat> fits all solution. You know, is is not the right is not the right solution, and and we we, we have a growing portfolio of of, of options as well that's a, it's available. Um, if we just go if we go back in history, like in the beginning part of the pandemic, we 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 
tried a lot of different things. We temporarily reduced commissions by 50% in the early days. Um, we launched storefront, as I just talked about. Um, we launched daily pay because people needed cash in their pocket now. Um, and we also launched a, a $200 million pledge to, to work with um, merchants and, and, and find ways to help you know, those that are struggling uh, during COVID, but that, that, that commitment is gonna extend going forward as well. And so, you know, through all that, we said, okay, how, do, how can we adjust our offering? Uh, and uh, we did a lot of interviews, a lot of surveys with, with merchants to get their, get their feedback. And then, you know, we had to test our way into it. If you're, if you're ever messing with a pricing model, you, you, you have to test you tinker a little your bit. way in there so you don't get a, a surprising outcome. Yeah, you got to tinker a little bit. And then we're, you know, so we came up with the packages and, and, and launched those. And again, it's really about, you know, uh, there, there, there are three different things that are really embedded in there. One is like, how much of the cost do I want to bear as a restaurant versus how much do I put on the customer? Um, there's, you know, the radius that I, that I might offer because, you know, the, the bigger the radius, the more it costs to deliver, right? The biggest cost of this all is the dasher cost. Um, and then probably the other big dimension is dash pass, which is our uh, subscription program that consumers use uh, which uh, which gives them discounts uh, on on delivery, and you know in the higher packages, yeah, I got a dash pass. To that. I'm glad glad to hear that. I mean, it's a it's a great value proposition for consumers, uh, and it really taps into you know the best uh, best consumers we have. When you have kids, when you have kids, you got to get the dash pass, man. You totally do because the kids are ordering like five six meals per person per day. I mean, they just keep ordering. <laughs> yeah, and I was just the last thing I'll say on the packages is since we we did roll them out in April. Uh, we, we are seeing, you know, a, a, a really nice spread of, of, you know, people selecting the different packages, which to us says, you know, really that choice actually matters. And it's not the case that everybody just wants to like throttle down. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, you know, a, a very large percentage of folks opt into the, to the heaviest package because they want that growth uh, and they want the biggest opportunity to access new consumers. That's awesome. I, I love it. And I think it's really cool. Uh, the, the new model, I, I really like it a lot. I think it really helps the consumers out because it gives them choices. It gives the restaurant operators choices. And like you said, you know, it's not one size fits all. It's not just like, use our service. This is how much it costs. It's everyone's got and, and so you have a little bit of something for everybody. I love it. Uh, changing gears for a second. Um, there's a big buzz in the industry now. Everyone keeps hearing it. Uh, a lot of people don't know what it is or what, you know, but uh, the ghost kitchens, virtual kitchens, cloud kitchens, everyone is mystified by this, uh, this, what, this coming, this happenings out there. Uh, can you talk a little bit about DoorDash Kitchen, something you guys, um, uh, initiative you guys launched, uh, your take on the ghost kitchens? What does it mean for DoorDash? And, uh, and then reopen for delivery is something that you guys also launched, which is interesting. I'd like to touch on that. So there's, I mean, we said, we said there's going to be a lot, a lot to touch on here. Um, you guys are big in the, in the virtual market. Uh, give us some, you know, a little bit about your future plans, your current plans and what you see in this virtual cloud kitchen space and the reopen for delivery initiative. Absolutely. The, the innovation in the space has been uh, incredibly exciting um, certainly a lot of different terms that are being thrown around. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you talk about virtual brands and or kitchens, you know, it's really around finding ways to expand in a very cost-effective way and, and doing so using the power of these 
delivery platforms that it sort of enables you know new models that didn't exist before. And just the way we look at it, virtual brands are typically a way to utilize under uh, underutilized kitchen capacity, right? So if you, you've got some spare kitchen capacity and you could launch a different brand that targeted a different consumer, that's that's a great opportunity. Um, and and the the kitchens are really like how can I how can I go into a different geography, but I don't have to invest millions of dollars in a, in a new brick and mortar. I can go in a much lighter weight way and leverage the power of these delivery platforms to expand that footprint. So, you know, again, delivery is at the center of these and, 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 and platforms like DoorDash are, are really the enabler. Um, and so for us, we, we work with restaurants very closely and trying to help them figure out whether a virtual brand strategy makes sense. Uh, or, you know, launching a new kitchen uh, uh, makes sense as well. Uh, and so that's kind of like, a, you know, we consult a lot. But I'll give you a few examples since you hit on them. Like Reopen for Delivery is a, is a fun one. Uh, you know, we were, we were, you know, distressed in the beginning of COVID when we started to see restaurants close. And we said, you know, I wonder if we could bring some restaurants back, uh, but in a new model. And so we launched this initiative called Reopen for Delivery. Uh, and so we, 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 we picked a few different merchants to work with. Um, Crazy Hog Barbecue in Chicago is, is one example. Uh, they had a shutdown and we said, hey, you know, we think you could, we could bring you back uh, working with a ghost kitchen. And we think that this, you know, this, this target area would be very compelling, you know, for your offering. Uh, and and we, we, we helped them through that process. They got up and running as a, uh, as a delivery only business. And, and have you know really done well through the pandemic and now have a tremendous number of options ahead of them. Again, that's like a one-off example, but we just we did it to kind of prove the model uh, so that others could could hopefully replicate replicate that model. Um, we do at DoorDash, we have a, we have a few ghost kitchens. We just uh, we just launched a new one in San Jose. Uh, we partner with uh, we've got uh, Canner's Deli, uh, Milk Dar, Milk sorry Milk Bar. Uh, Aria, Aria Korean Street in our in our new location. So you know we we have some ourselves, and of course we work uh, as a platform with uh, with all the different ghost kitchens that are that are around the country. And on the virtual brand side, I mean, yeah, I mean there are thousands of new virtual brands that are that are that are being played with out there. Um, you know, some of them more successful than than others. We often help from the data side. If somebody says, "Hey, you want to open a virtual, you know, think about a virtual brand," they say they ask us if if we have insights as to whether there's like a cuisine gap uh, in a particular area that maybe they could focus on. And so we try to help them with that. One example I would give is we worked with Brinker, um, who you know, Chili's and Maggiano's, and they they launched a concept called "It's Just Wings," and. Uh, we worked hand in hand to, to, to killing test it, it. I heard they're, they're, they are killing it. And, you know, it's the combination of, you know, working really hard to get a good, you know, a, a good product out the door at a good value. And then, you know, they had the ability to expand that across their footprint uh, with consistent operations. And uh, and then, you know, and then brand building is the other aspect, right? Like you're starting with a brand that nobody has, they haven't heard of it. And so you have to really invest in and make sure that uh, you're, you're actually building that brand on the platforms. I love all that. And I can't believe you you mentioned Canner's Deli and Shatz didn't jump in and talk about his, he, the big crush he has. Um, Alex, Mr. Dude, Alex, I felt bad. Right, Alex Canner. Shout like, out to Alex Canner. Isn't, isn't he like fourth generation Canner? Isn't, isn't he 
isn't isn't he part of this? He's part of the legacy, right? He's he's the you know he, he's the heir apparent. Anyway, can't, he, you couldn't believe Shashi didn't jump. Okay, uh, let's jump into my favorite topic. Uh, which I had to go is, to the bathroom, Jimmy. I missed that, by the way. That's, uh, that's what really happened. Thanks for sharing, Shashi. Uh, TMI, TMI. Okay, uh, my favorite topic: the numbers. This past year, DoorDash released its first ever economic impact report. Um, Again, first ever economic impact report revealing the economic activity generated by DoorDash's platform and showing the positive impact that DoorDash has had on the restaurant industry since the COVID-19 pandemic began. So let's chew on these numbers just for a little bit. Let's get into it, Jimbo. The DoorDash platform accounted for, the county, write this down, $13.2 billion in direct, indirect, and induced economic Wait, activity be, in 2019. Don't, 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 don't speak over my numbers. 13.2 billion in economic activity in 2019, and that DoorDash can conservatively be estimated to have generated 6.9 billion in net new impact on the U.S. economy again in 2019 that otherwise would not have existed. So yes, we're talking big numbers. Yes, Shanti, those were Bs. Bees is in billions. Be bigger than, than, than a lot of countries' GDP, Jimmy. <laughs> well, right? with all that in mind, Tom, could you tell us more about the report and kind of some of the uh, – how you guys are feeling about this impact? Yeah, we're, we're super excited about the impact. Keep in mind that this is uh, 2019 and it's uh, 2021. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're incredibly proud of the impact that, uh, uh, that, that uh, you know, DoorDash has been able to have. And, you know, our mission is to empower local economies – and so a lot of times when we come back to it, we talk about ourselves as a merchant first company. We really focus on that audience segment and, and we really want to help them, uh, you know, be successful. The other piece of that is like, you know, it's restaurants plus dashers, right? And, and so creating that flexible work opportunity for dashers, you know, particularly over, over, over COVID uh, has, has been, uh, been really great. Um, and well, you know, I think that while the numbers make us proud, you know, we're, we're definitely proud of the impact we had with restaurants and, and we've, we've surveyed them and, you know, 73% of restaurants believe that third-party delivery is good for the restaurant industry. Um, we're still working on the 27%, but 73% uh, have that. And uh, 65% of restaurants say that they were able to increase their profits uh, specifically because of DoorDash during, during COVID. So Overall, uh, I, you know, really excited about the numbers and the impact, and we hope that you know will continue to grow. Thanks for that, Tom. It really is incredible, and I still say, Jimmy, I don't care what you say. Those are big numbers. Those were <laughs> billions. I'm blown away. I'm telling you, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm telling you, that's bigger than a lot of countries. But you, you know, you're finance guy, so I don't know. But it sounds like a big number to me. Listen, I, I think uh, we've gotten some really great information uh, of what's going on at DoorDash. Um, I think that we're finding out because there is misinformation out there that that the DSPs are bad and they're bad for restaurants. And as a restaurant owner and operator for 25 years, I am telling you, we've been using everything and and we'd be nowhere without these marketplaces because they bring in a tremendous amount of business, tremendous value. And they uh, let customers really explore and find, you know, new new foods that they never would know Um, to to. You, you've done some other initiatives. You hired uh, Stephanie Izzard, uh, and, and that's another restaurant owner, uh, chef owner of uh, Girl and the Goat uh, out of Chicago. I think there's one in Los Angeles as well. Uh, I've never been, but heard great things. Um, Stephanie was hired as your first ever chef restaurant advisor. 
Can you give us a little bit about what is that role? What is Stephanie Izzard, the chef uh, advisor exactly doing or chief restaurant advisor doing as a, as a voice of the industry? Is that something you're looking to expand? Uh, should Shatsy become your voice of the industry? Because I think I would, I'm not a chef, but I think I'd crush it. So maybe that's something that we can explore that I could be part of this. I would work great with Stephanie. I can tell you right now, I play nice in the sandbox with anybody, everybody. So give us a little bit about what this new role is and will it be expanded and will I be part of it? <laughs> yes, super, super. It's super exciting. Uh, if you if you ever met Stephanie, she, she's really incredible. But, um, you know, before we get there, I, I, we, we've been looking to find more and more ways to connect, you know, with 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 people in the industry uh, and make sure that that voice is heard inside the walls of DoorDash. Uh, last July, we, we we created the Restaurant Advisory Council, which is a different forum. Uh, it's a group of small business uh, leaders, and and they meet uh, one and a half to two time one and a half hours to two hours uh, every month, and we go through through things like operations to um, you know issues that they're having with the the service and and trying to figure out where they're heading. Uh, so that's one aspect. And then on top of that, we said, wouldn't it be great if we could go even deeper? Uh, with with somebody to really influence, you know, some of the products that we're working on or, or create new, uh, new new services, and that was the idea with the chief restaurant advisor. And so it's a year rotation post. Uh, Stephanie is our is our first, um, but really it's about it's about going deeper. We're looking for opportunities where. You know, she has. We a, talk about the compensation. We talk about compensation because I don't know if I want to do this <laughs> a year. I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe I. Maybe I spoke too soon. It is, it is a year post. Uh, we do. We do compensate her for her time, um, but but it's we're really trying to find areas where she's passionate and we think we can really make some impact together. Uh, we're we're at the early stages of this with with Stephanie, but super excited uh, about this and and continuing this type of model going forward. Listen, uh, I think all that is really great. And before we move on uh, to our next segment, I do want to talk about the Main Street Strong Accelerator Program that you guys have started, the Main Street Strong Accelerator Program. For those who may not be aware, this accelerator is a new initiative providing financial support and specialized in educational resources to women, immigrants, um, persons of color. Um, Tom, can you share... Um, more with us uh, on your work and to support the entrepreneurship and access uh, really for those that have been historically under-resourced uh, with respect to uh, being business owners. Yeah, the heart, the heart of the DoorDash mission is to power, empower local economies. And, you know, as we look at all the members of the communities, uh, you know, we want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to be successful or reach their full, full potential. And what we found is that uh, BIPOC women and immigrant-owned businesses have been uh, disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. According to some reports, you know, 41% of Black-owned businesses have closed uh, during the during the pandemic. And so we we launched this accelerator specifically with with folks in that population in, in mind, and we designed a program to support under-resourced entrepreneurs. And we've given them a combination of financial aid, uh, but also specialized resources that will help them uh, build, build their business. And so the first version of this, we launched an eight week long curriculum, uh, brought together a bunch of industry experts uh, and a bunch of different you know, content and really helped create a community amongst the, the folks that we, that we selected. And this is about a hundred entrepreneurs that we, that we put through this. Uh, 
Um, and, you know, I think it's, this is really, uh, really exciting. And we, we hope to, to do a lot more in this area as we go forward. Well, that's awesome. And we wish you uh, a whole lot of luck with that uh, and this very important initiative. Um, you know, it turns out while Shatz and I started the podcast because we enjoy uh, talking to people and presenting their thoughts and ideas. Uh, not and not so much me, our audience, it's mostly you. Well, we enjoy other people speaking. What we learned along the way is that some of our guests had questions uh, for us. So now it's time for our talking back, uh, where we invite our uh, our guests uh, to take the mic and feel free to ask us any questions that they may want to know about or hear about. And nothing is off the table. Uh, Tom, the microphone is yours. All right. Oh. Well, uh, feedback is uh, is very important to us. So uh, yes, my question to you, your owners and operators and users of the the service uh i'm curious you know what what feature or product you know would you like to see improved upon or maybe there's a new product that you would love to see developed uh just curious on your thoughts as both what i love and users sure what i love most about your question it was entirely directed to shiatsi as the (laughs) restaurant guy i love jimmy you're dying jimmy jimmy you're dying the thought of you not being able to answer the question i'm going to answer this question i'm I'm proud tell you this is I, I love all the services. I love your service as a consumer and as a restaurant operator. I would say the biggest problem from a restaurant owner's perspective, and I don't know if we're going to solve it today, but when people are using the marketplaces, the order comes through and the ability to communicate with the restaurant from the platform the order came through to is very complicated because it's there's a there's a middleman if you know if you know what I'm saying. So sometimes that becomes problematic. Whereas if you order directly from the restaurant, it's kind of I, I guess that's like an easier channel for the restaurant operator to understand and communicate. Whereas when the order comes from a third party, it's sometimes uh, if there's a problem, if something is 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 86, if 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 there's it's it's hard. Both ways to communicate with the guest. The guest has a hard time communicating with with the restaurant operator, and the restaurant operator has a hard time communicating with the guest about problems. So that would be something I think uh, needs to be continued to evolve, and it's getting better, but needs to continue to evolve. I think that's one area. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, totally. We we we've gotten a lot of feedback on that, and you know, in a lot of occasions, you know, DoorDash plays a middleman role, and you'll have to go through customer support right. to contact the customer, and so we we definitely uh, hear that, and we're trying to create more and more direct connectivity, you know, modes, you know, through the app where we can we can just disconnect the people that you know help them resolve the issue on their own. It's actually you know more efficient for us, and it, it's a better experience for both the restaurant and the customer. So. Um, look, look for, look for some more improvements in that area. Yeah. And I was going to say that sometimes the other issue is just the, I think sometimes the restaurant gets, well, the restaurant always gets blamed if anything's wrong, whether it be the order is late or it's, you know, the restaurant always gets blamed. And I guess that would be the communication needs to be improved so we can help for the restaurant. We don't want anyone. We want everything to go well. So it's not about blaming the third party or or the rest. It's really just making sure that the customer gets what they want when they want. So, yeah, that would that would be uh, I'd love to. We're going to go offline. We're going to fix this. You, me and Jimmy, we're going to solve this problem. <laughs> yeah. Shad, that, that I, gotta tell you, I, 
I thought your answer was uh, was was really good. Uh, I think um, I think Tom teed up that question because you didn't realize that was that was your interview to become potentially the voice of the industry for DoorDash. And I got to tell you, right now, Tom and I are texting each other. Um, he feels pretty good about Am his I point taking Stephanie's job. No, no. To the contrary, he feels really good yeah. about appointing Stephanie to that role. So, um, oh, 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 <laughs> oh, I just I have no chance of getting the go. Yeah, oh, oh, I, I think I think his decision no completely, okay. completely validated right there. I think I think he feels good about that. Okay, moving on to our crystal ball moment. It's the opportunity okay. where uh, we ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. Uh, so, Tom, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now? in relation to hospitality and delivery? Two years from now. So, well- A lifetime, uh, can't, a lifetime. Can't comp- <laughs> I, can't, I can't predict the future, but I, I do hope that in two years that we will have long moved well past, you know, the, the situation we're in today and, and COVID is, is, is in the rear, rear view mirror. Um, but I do think that we are, you know, we're in this incredible moment of innovation uh, and, and I know you guys have probably never seen as much innovation in, in a shorter period of time in the restaurant industry. And so, so I think that trend is going to- Point of sale was the last innovation we saw. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so the stuff we talked about, you know, virtual brands, um, you know, ghost kitchens, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with QSR codes, but this also, you know, new technology, new platforms. I think we're just going to continue to see uh, a lot more experimentation. What a restaurant looks like in the future is going to look totally different. There'll probably be a lot of different formats uh, that a restaurant actually thinks about as it, it, you know, in terms of its, its broader, broader footprint. Um, and so we're really excited about it. Um, you know, like, like you said, innovation has come slowly, but now people are in the game and really trying to figure it out. So it's an exciting time. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to agree with all that. The footprint is definitely much. Go ahead. No, I mean, no, I think the footprint's going to look different. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, it's just full omni channel. There's going to be so many, different um, revenue streams for restaurants. And, and I think earlier you said it, man, if you, you, you got to jump on this bandwagon, you know, onto this, this train or, or you're going to miss it. And you're just not going to be in business anymore. You got to embrace it all. I agree. I, I have always said yes to everything. I try everything. That's probably been my problem. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's get into the branded quick fire. Tom, <laughs> this is the best segment of the whole podcast. That's not me talking. That is popular. I have a pile of letters here. By my side here, just everyone. I open these letters every morning. Shats, we love what you're doing. We love this branded quick fire. Maybe you should just have a podcast called the branded quick fire. <laughs> so I'm thinking about that. But right now, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite, your favorite, yep. your all-time favorite TV show? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, friends. Friends. Yeah. You said it so. That's a good one. What do you, you said like friends. That's friends. A good one. What? I'm like, you know, what does that say about me? No, it's a great show. I mean, I, I watch it. You for kidding many, me? It years. says that you like television. That's a good program. It says you know good TV. <laughs> quick fire chats. The segment's called oh, quick oh, fire. Okay. <laughs> Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, Trejos Tacos, which is a, a nice. LA brand, but it's now up here in a ghost kitchen in, in, in the Bay Area. Nice. What's your favorite food city in the world? Paris. Nice. When travel resumes to complete normalcy, where's the first place you want to go? Thailand. Interesting. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty if you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of mini golf, 
would you have better odds of beating? Should I stand up first? You want me to stand up? First? <laughs> Tough call. Yeah, I'm telling physique. Get the whole physique here, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the finance guy. I think I can beat the finance guy. Look at that, Chats. I think that's a yes. win for you, man. And I got to tell I you, think you got to win. I've seen Jimmy play. He's horrible. He's horrible. No, I'm only horrible in real golf. Come mini golf, I'm an awesome mini golfer. Really awesome mini golf. Uh, that's there's usually beer. There's usually beer yes. in mini golf, right, Jimmy? It's, it's it's one of the sports where a few cocktails make you play better. But okay, I respect that you won that one, Chetsy. And you and I are going this weekend to a major match of mini golf to prove to just between you and me. It's kind oh, of like a Rocky, Southampton, like a, like, like a Rocky, like a Rocky Apollo private fight in the end of Rocky Three. Okay, Tom, thank you so much for joining us and for all your great insights. Uh, we appreciate uh, your hard work supporting the hospitality industry. It's the first and only podcast he'll ever do as a Jimmy, I can assure you this. <laughs> yeah, by the way, this all started with he wants to connect more to the restaurant industry. He's like, who signed me up with these guys? No, we appreciate all your hard work and really what, yeah, why am I what, doing this? what, what you and DoorDash uh, are doing, not just for the industry during this most difficult time, but really the value you've been uh, creating and the, the relationship with restaurants um, since you guys, uh, since your founding. Um, if you want to get in touch with Tom directly, you can email the branded team. Email us at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we'd be happy to make the introduction. Uh, to our listeners. Jimmy, I have Tom's uh, direct line here. Yeah, we'll just, post it on our, we'll just post it on our LinkedIn account. That's all. It's all good. Uh, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time to tune in with us. Uh, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and the fact that you choose to be part of the Hangout is something we appreciate and value and don't take for granted. Uh, please join us next time as we welcome our friend, Mr. Chris Campbell, CEO of Review Trackers. Chris Campbell, CEO of Review Trackers. He's coming up next on the podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of the exciting guests we'll have coming up uh, we'll have coming up in the near future. Uh, and better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us. Don't we have an uh, offer, Jimmy? Time. Isn't there like a discount from DoorDash or something? Let, let me tell you something. Hey, Tom doesn't have like a 50 off DoorDash? Tom, what, we appreciate DoorDash. This isn't small ball stuff. We appreciate that Tom came on. Rep- DoorDash is representing. We're good without the, uh, without the offer. A hat, a shirt, something? I'll tell you what. If anyone wants a free offer from DoorDash, you email Brandon. Again, it's a podcast at brandonstreetjunk.com. I'll give you Shatsy's personal credit card number you go treat yourself and you can order <laughs> and order a meal off of doordash that offer is good for the first 100 blah, 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 people who call who call uh who, who ring who ring us on that um look tom we appreciate you um and thank you for joining us today uh um this is gonna be jimmy frischling your finance guy thanking tom and signing off and passing to my boy shatsy thanks it's shatsy uh, aka the restaurant guy hospitality hangout thanks for joining tom great guest really appreciate your time Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Cheers.